It's October 27, 2022. My name is Jimmy Van, and it's time for KYN Live. My guest knows way more about football than I ever will. She uses a heater even though she lives in Florida, and she once caught a barracuda. You can catch her on 1010XL and 92.5 FM in Jacksonville, and she's also the co-host of the Out of Bounds Sports Podcast with John Elba right here at Know Your News. This is Mia O'Brien. Mia, how you doing? How we doing? Thanks for having me on, Jimmy and Joel. Thank you very much. This is going to be a lot of fun. I told Mia off the air. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of getting to know you, but I can tell you don't take any shit, and I love that about you. Always, and, always. And so, uh, and so, you're going to make for a really fun guest on this thing. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to talk the KYN seven, seven of the top news stories of the week that are stupid, funny, and weird. I'm going to get your reactions, and I'll ask you questions along the way. And guys, get in your super chats if you want your question or statement read on the air. And if you can't watch it live or if you don't want to donate through YouTube, go to kynchat.com, leave in a question or statement anytime you want, and we will read it on the air. Every week, Mia, I say the same thing. I cannot believe that there's always seven good ones. It's so easy to find. I always have to weed them down from like 20 or 30 every week. And so are you ready to go? I got seven more good ones. I'm ready to rumble. Um, I'm hopeful that uh, we're going to lead off with a, a relation to the team that I cover on a daily basis here in Jacksonville with the Jaguars with regards to the quarterback they are scheduled to face this weekend. But we'll see. I'm excited to see what your seven are. Yeah, this I don't do sports on this thing. Okay, so and no so, sports. That's fine. No sports. This is just... this one's this one's this one's not related to sports though. Too. It's it, no. I don't know if you saw uh, Russell Wilson. Oh. Yes, Russell Wilson on the plane um, mm-hmm. because he suffered a hamstring injury, um, did not sleep the eight hours going across the pond to London where the Broncos are going to play the Jaguars this weekend Oh, um, because he has a hamstring injury. And so therefore he spent four of the eight hours stretching and doing high knees down the aisles while his teammates slept. Is um, that right? Yeah. So I, I, yeah. So, I mean, listen, it's sports, but it's also news because I, everyone I've spoken to in the last 48 hours, I'm like, how can you like possibly not sleep on a transatlantic flight? Um, but apparently he didn't. Fascinating. So when he wasn't professing his love to his wife, he was doing squats in the aisle of the plane. Yes, exactly. Yeah. With, with the rest of his teammates sleeping and right. on the plane. It's going to go real well for him. Yeah. All right. Let's start with story number seven reported by NPR. So Grant Middle School in Grant, Michigan, they held a competition in which the winner got to paint a mural inside a teen health center at school. The winner that they chose was a lo- local high school sophomore, a sophomore named Evelyn Gonzalez, and she painted this mural right here that was designed to be inclusive and welcoming. Check this out. So there's the mural that she painted right there. Nice, mm-hmm. colorful, very welcoming. She ran into a problem, though. Mia O'Brien, what do you think happened? Um, I'm assuming that one of the caricatures looked like one of the students too much and the student took offense. Or was it or was it some I, can I say am I allowed to see it again? Is that yeah, what of doing? course, of course. Let me see it again. OK, um, I'm going to say. Is it something to do with the the teddy bear? Like are we like we didn't want to make the teddy bear a nurse like because it was like a. <laughs> Because it was a boy versus a girl, or is it that? So usually in this in these situations, whenever you hear about an issue, it typically comes down to the parents. 
And in this case, shock, big surprise. Some of the parents are enraged about that mural because they think it is a depiction of Satan, a message of witchcraft and a sign of mental illness. I am going to break down the parts they're talking about to get your thoughts. So first, the Satan allegation. Here's a part of the mural that they're talking about with that. That's a picture that was painted on this thing. Now, Evelyn says that that is just a mask from a video game called Genshin Impact, worn by a character called Zhao, who is a protector from evil spirits. That, that's all it is. But to the parents, that is Satan. The next one is the witchcraft allegation. Put that one up, Joel. Yeah, that right there. Evelyn says all that is is the Hamza hand, a.k.a. the hand of Fatima, which is a symbol recognized in cultures around the world, which typically represents healing, fortitude, or power. And that's all it is. But to the parents, some of the parents, that is witchcraft. Uh, she also included colors from such flags like the bisexual flag and the transgender flag. One parent referred to that as mental illness. And here is a clip from a school board meeting that they actually held about the mural where a couple of parents spoke. Go ahead, Joel. Now, here's the funny part as the voice of God pops in. Apparently, that didn't actually load into today's show. Oh, Joel. If you for 10 seconds, I will get it up for you. But otherwise, get maybe get to Yeah, we can wait. Thoughts. I was say we can wait so, for 10 seconds because I have lots of thoughts. Yeah, so well, so basically, you know, you're gonna hear where they're talking about witchcraft and what are your thoughts on all of this? Satan allegation, witchcraft allegation, mental illness because of like a bisexual flag coloring. Unfortunately, un it sounds awful, but like the third one is unfortunately what I would fully expect from a group of angry parents in Michigan. Um, like that, unfortunately, and nothing against Michigan, but like, unfortunately, that's just 2022. Like, it's, it's unfortunate that that's still the world we live in. Um, but that one doesn't surprise me. It's the first two that do. Like, I mean, maybe like the the, the hand with the eye in it. Like, I, maybe they think it's like a third eye or a fourth eye. Like, I don't know, man. Maybe she should have used like the Harry Potter, like Deathly Hallows instead. Like maybe, maybe that would have gone over. Probably not. They probably would have thought that was satanic as well. They would have. They would have. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, they're so middle. So she's a sophomore, but it was the sophomore. Middle yeah. It's, it was a middle school, but I guess the competition was for, was for right. They did it like, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, yeah. Like, how did they think that a sophomore, sophomore even has that kind of, that kind of thought where they're right. thinking about satanic imagery and you know what I'm saying? Right. And they're trying. Yeah. I, yeah. All right. Let's take a look at this video. Oh, is it ready to go, Joel? I feel like she did a really good job finding excuses to defend the things she put on. None of us are that stupid. When adults pretend things that are like real life. It's a mental illness. We need counselors. We need the medication that's going to help bipolar disorder fix their brains. Fix their brains, Mia. Fix them. What do you think? Yeah, the adults aren't playing. The kids are playing. We're not pretending. Isn't that amazing? The best part is I immediately recognized the lower third graphic because it's a sister station of the station I used to work at. And so I'm like, yep, this actually ran on a real news program. Yes, it did. This is real. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I mean, it's, yeah. And we wonder why in this country we have all the crazy that we do but you know they think they're protecting and they're probably just creating more craziness yeah, it's gr asking for medication that's uh that's that's you know that's kind of up there so every story that we do i always try to ask a question somehow related to it and you're probably mm -hmm. wondering oh what's he going to ask me about satan and witchcraft and but i'm going to keep it a little bit more simple do you have any particular artistic talents that people might oh. not be aware of 
Ooh, artistic talent. So, so my brother is actually a publisher. It's his birthday today, by the way. So shout out uh -huh. to Kyle. Um, but uh, he's actually a publisher and graphic designer. So most of the artistic talent probably went to him. Um, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. I'll tell you that. But I did put, play the trumpet in the marching band um, for my freshman year of high school. But then, uh, unfortunately, because I was also playing sports, had to give that up. So, um, ah. had to, you know, you, you can you can play here. Here, you'll appreciate this one. Um, I was allowed to play two varsity sports and be in the band. But when I joined speech and debate, they said, no, no, you need to pick one nerd sport or the other. You can't be in both nerd sports. That's the last straw. So you, you could play sports and do band. But you can't do speech and debate and band like that. That's that's too much. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think I made the right call, though, considering I think you did. Yes. Yeah, I think you did. Considering that you made it sports journalism. I think that was a good call for you. Good. And there was no mental illness. You didn't need any medication. You're not drawing pictures of video games, Satan no. masks or whatever the hell they're saying. No. I mean, I can't speak for the rest of the kids that stuck it out through band. Hey, yeah, uh, all four years. But uh, no, speech and debate kids, uh, you know, we're mostly just the kids who uh, did theater growing up. And uh, your schedule couldn't work with theater, but you could make time to get on a bus at 630 in the morning every Saturday, go to a random high school and do interp and do speeches from someone else and uh, perform that way for a day of the week. So, um, yeah. So, no, I mean, we uh, we definitely had our other quirks. We, we listened to a lot of Glee. Um, but, yeah, other than that, we, we were pretty normal, I think, for the most part on the uh, no satanic things going on at the speech and debate tournaments. Well, you're definitely more normal than the people in these uh, in these stories. Let's go on to story number six, reported by Fox 43. OK, so there's a 19 year old man out of Littlestown, Pennsylvania. His name is Cole Williams. He got into some trouble after trying to sell something on Facebook Marketplace. Mia O'Brien, what did he try to sell? Oh, no. <laughs> All right, so it's Fox 43, so that's like Lancaster, like Eastern Pennsylvania, because I'm familiar with Yorktown, that whole neck of the woods. Um, my guess, did was it some sort of bodily part? Um, or bodily extraction? Okay, definitely not that. It was, okay. it was, it was a bunch of body parts put together. It was a six-month-old kangaroo. Oh, and we have pictures courtesy of the Pennsylvania Game I don't know Commission. If I, wanna, I don't know if I want to look at this. Oh, no, it oh. was just a six month. Oh, it was, old, it was a live kangaroo. A live oh. six month old kangaroo. Oh, that's adorable. I love that. Yeah. He was interviewed by Game Wardens, this Cole Williams. He denied that he had a kangaroo. So they got a search warrant and they found it in a bedroom closet and they seized it. He pleaded guilty to three counts of unlawful importation of wildlife and two counts of failing to acquire required permits. I mean, I've never looked into this. I've never like Googled it. If you're in a place like Little, Littlestown, Pennsylvania, where the hell are you getting a kangaroo? Well, so it's funny you say that because growing up in New Jersey, uh, Six Flags Great Adventure, right down the road from where I grew up, where John Alba grew up, and they do the Six Flags Safari as well there. Um, so as kids, like that was our first exposure to wildlife from Africa uh -huh. and Asia. Um, and then I believe I was in fifth grade when uh, we started hearing about the Tiger Lady. Yes, before mm -hmm. there was the Tiger King, uh -huh. there was the Tiger Lady, uh -huh. um, who apparently although not fully stealing the tigers from Great Adventure Six Flags, had amassed a pack of tigers that was living down the street from Six Flags Great Adventure. And there was one day where they all got loose. And um, Really? Yeah, yeah. And so people thought it was the safari. Like, oh, no, they escaped from the safari. No, no, they escaped from Tiger Lady's house. Wow. I assume that they were all caught and nobody was eaten. 
No one was eaten. Um, I believe either her or someone, someone I think got like bit, but like other than that, like I don't remember there ever being any sort of like eaten alive situation. But um, right. yeah, so there was just 20 tigers living at a house. In 20? Jackson. Yeah, in Jackson, New Jersey. I'm going to make sure I'm going to pull this up so we make sure we get it. But oh, yeah, so Jackson, New Jersey, wow. tiger lady. Yep, here it is. Um, Yep, let's remember. Here it is. New Jersey's controversial Tiger Lady. Oh, and they did wow. it when Tiger King with Joe Exotic came out. Um, yes, here it is. Um, here it is. Actually, it was earlier. Oh, it was when I was in kindergarten. Oh, okay. And you um, remember yes. this. This had an impact on your life. Wow. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. So here it is. So Joan Byron Marisek, inf infamously known as the Tiger Lady, after a 431-pound Bengal tiger escaped from her Jackson compound wow. in 1999. For eight hours on January 27, 99, the tiger terrified residents who spotted it lurking in the woods. Rescuers tried to tranquilize it. Efforts were unsuccessful. The tiger was eventually shot dead in a driveway uh. not far from its home, 12-acre preservation. preservation. Initially, the origin of the tiger was a mystery. Speculation was that it escaped from Safari Park. After officials eliminated Great Adventure, suspicions immediately turned to Byron Marisek, which was a home to 20 big cats. Wow. So only one got away, not all 20. Only one. But then when okay, they discovered. That's a little then, better. Right. So a little different. But then once yeah. once they uh, once they did find her, yeah, they, there were 20 wow. tigers just chilling. So you might have already. So here's the question I was going to ask you, but your story yeah. kind of trumps it. But here's the story. I was gonna, the question I was going to ask you. I was going to ask if you have ever been in the market or if you've ever wanted to be in the market for an exotic pet, but maybe well, not after yeah. the tiger experience. You know? I will say this. I'm just still trying to get a dog. Uh, it was the number one item on my Christmas list for years. And uh, unfortunately, my, my parents weren't very big on the dog train because they mm -hmm. didn't want to have to take care of the dog. So I never got to get the dog. But these days, I'm starting to wonder that maybe I can finally. I'm not so exotic then with the animals. I love and like monkeys are one of my favorite animals. But um, I saw a rattlesnake at a, or a cobra. I was in St. Augustine down the road from Jacksonville over the weekend and someone had the Cobra like wrapped around him. And I was like, yeah, no, no, thanks. But no, thanks. <laughs> gotcha. So for you, exotic is going to end at the dog for now. Yes. That's where it's going to end. Yes. Interesting. Interesting story. All right, guys, reminder, get in your super chats to get your question or statement right on the air. Or if you don't want to donate through YouTube, or if you can't catch the show live, go to kynchat.com, leave a contribution at any time, and we will read your question or statement on the next show. Let's go to story number five, reported by SWNS. This is a good one. So you probably heard about James Corden, right? He was in the news because there were allegations that he's rude to restaurant staff. And so yes. that made the news. There is a cafe in the UK called the Chai Stop, and they have come up with a solution for rude customers. Mia, what do you think they're doing at the Chai Stop? The Chai Stop. They're charging you double. You nailed it. They charge rude customers more than double yeah! for the price of a cup of coffee. We have a pick of their sign. Go ahead, Joel. So this is in, in pounds because they're in the UK. So if you come in wow. and if you say hello and please, then you pay one pound 90 for a cup of coffee. If you only say please, you pay three pounds. And if you just go in there and just, you know, demand your coffee, then you pay five pounds. The owner of the place is 29 year old Usman Hussein. He said he did it to reinforce the cafe's culture of good vibes only. He said he hasn't had to charge anybody the five pounds yet because if they don't use their manners, he points to the sign and they immediately get more polite. As soon as he does that, what That's do you think a great of this? Idea. Right. Do you think that you could use this method that. in other forms of retail? Can you think about any Absolutely. other forms of retail where this would work? 
Heck, I would like to do it with uh, the text line and the phone lines here at 1010XL and 92.5 FM. <laughs> it would be very nice if, uh, if some of the some of the most of our listeners are great. Um, but yeah, if some of them could, uh, you know, politely say, please, Mia, do not say that about the Jaguars. Kindly, please, because I am getting more and more upset and you are a very nice lady. Uh-huh. That would be very nice. But that would be okay. nice. That's the nature of the business. But um, but yeah, as someone who worked uh worked in uh restaurant service when I was uh in college, uh I see I worked at a bar, so like, like a restaurant, like a tavern bar. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like it came with the territory that like as know, a drink. The nature, the nature of uh some of the clientele that maybe mm-hmm. you wouldn't get your please and thank you. But I never had any issues like that, although I may have been one of those people at Publix today when my sandwich wasn't done on time. So good to know. Good to know. So let's take it to the other side of the equation. So instead of the listener in your in your case, you know, working in radio, you've done a lot of sports reporting. Do you have any memorable stories of dealing with a very difficult interview subject? Ooh, do I ever do I ever <laughs> uh, do you want? Well, I'll give you the positive uh, good story. Uh, anyone out there familiar with uh, Leonard Fournette? Currently the running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the mm-hmm. former number four overall pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so I was not here for Leonard's rookie season in 2017 when the Jaguars went to the AFC championship game. But I was here for his second season in 2018 in which he got injured in the opener at New York with uh, pulled up on a hamstring issue. And so he then missed the next seven subsequent games. And when he returned, the Jaguars were amidst an eight game losing streak. And so things were not going good um, and things had always gone good for Leonard. He was, you know, talented. Like in middle school, he was the best middle schooler in the country. In high school, he was the best high schooler in the country. In college at LSU, he was the best running back next to Christian McCaffrey in the country. And then he got to the NFL and things were easy too. And so um, for the first time, things weren't going well, uh, not just for Leonard, but for a lot of the guys in that Jaguars locker room back in 2018. And, uh, and so let's just say like Leonard in particular took it to heart to the point that when he would have to do his you know availability, because by NFL guidelines, every player must make themselves available at least once in open locker room. And he would just sit at his locker and we would be like, hey, Leonard, can we talk to you? And he'd be like, no. And we'd be like, well, we need to talk to you. And he'd be like, no. And then it got to a point where PR would have to go over and literally like beg him, like Lenny, and like massage him. Be like, Lenny, please, please go talk to them. Um, so I say all that to say that uh, Leonard went on a uh, pilgrimage, let's call it, that next summer or that next winter, excuse me. He did all of his training in Wyoming in negative 20 degree weather with the Wyoming Cowboys training and uh, strength and conditioning staff. And not only did it change his body and he was healthy the 2019 season, but apparently it changed his outlook on life because he came back and he was so apologetic to us. And he was so kind and he used all like, you know, like I, I really didn't treat you guys well. I'm so sorry. Like, and from that moment forth, it was ma'am, please. Thank you. And so um, I say it all the time. And now in Tampa, apparently he's great with the media and he has his own podcast network now too, with the Ah, 33rd team. And so I say it all the time. Don't call it a comeback, but the Leonard Fournette character arc is one of my favorites because yeah, there was no please or thank you uh, in 27 in 2018. I can assure you of that fascinating fascinating gee i wonder what would have happened if you had gone the other way with your story and told me about someone that was a real piece of shit but we'll leave that for another day another story for another day and we're going to go on to story number four reported by oddity central so there is a boat tour organizer you're going to like this one too there's a boat tour organizer in thailand called chan Burry, and they're getting the wrong attention over their controversial business idea 
with respect to a fishing trip excursion that they're offering and that they're advertising. Mia, what is so controversial about this fishing trip excursion? Oh, boy. (laughs) This fishing trip excursion. Is it like... Is it like what you have to wear or what you have to bring aboard as a member of the fishing trip? Almost. It's about what some people aren't wearing. They're offering fishing tours in which you're accompanied by naked women. And we have pictures courtesy of Chai Wat Inanong on Facebook. And this is the former mayor of the district that posted these pictures. They're censored. Go ahead, Joel. So this marketing idea did not sit well with the people in town. They accused the company of tarnishing the reputation of the tourist spot and affecting legitimate business. And so local authorities actually started looking into the people behind it. And they located two of the women that are posing in those photos. The women claim that the whole thing is a ruse. They claim that there is no fishing trip. And they said that they only did it to gain uh, followers on social media. And they claim that the men in the pictures are their boyfriends. But because this is Thailand and, you know, they don't fuck around in Thailand, they have been charged with importing pornographic material and information onto the Internet. And they face a penalty of up to five years in prison and a fine of up to 100,000 baht just for that. That's what they face because we're in Thailand. What do you think about this idea apparently designed for likes and follows? That's what it's all about, right? It sounds like the ultimate fire fest. Like we talk about the fire fest, the planned concert on that island and weekend getaway that didn't work out. Like this is fire fest like to another level. And I live in Florida, so I got a lot of weird things that go on here. But this one, <laughs> this, one this takes the cake. Um, I mean, but their boyfriends were okay with posing for those photos like that last one i mean it's their claim so nobody knows if they're telling the truth or not interesting but that's their claim yeah interesting um i didn't see any fishing poles either so (laughs) i'm not i I don't know really know uh if this actually is a fishing trip or not um but hey listen i mean if it happened in florida i'm sure it would just be like a thousand dollar fine and be like okay you're right continue about your day you know most of the stories that we do they're either india china or florida like almost yeah, I was going to say, uh, I love the um, the account online that's, uh, is it Florida or Ohio? And so uh, when we actually had to go to Ohio for the Pro Football Hall of Fame this summer, there were so many crazy Ohio stories that I had never been to Ohio. So I was like, oh my God, it really is like Florida in the Midwest. Right. Well, here's my question for you. So you've got fishing experience. You once caught a barracuda. Have, mm-hmm. you, have you ever hooked yes. a big catch only to be disappointed in the end? Like maybe the line broke. Maybe you reeled in a tire. Have you ever had uh, hooked a big catch and then you were disappointed in the end? Um, I have never like deep seed fish before this summer. But what I will tell you is I uh, was very into when I was a young kid, um, our mountain house up in the northeast. Uh, we would go to the lake and I would have my like fishing net, which obviously is you're like pulling a net through the water. Not going to move as quick as if you had a pole and you're like Uh reeling it in um so there were plenty of times where i thought i was getting a fish and um instead it was just like plastic or like other debris that shouldn't have been in the lake and it was very disappointing i think one time though i got like a um uh, like, uh, not a turtle, but what it was like, it was like some other, like, it was like a gecko or something, which like didn't move as fast as the fish, obviously. And I was like, yeah, the, look at me. Are the geckos like it. this? And it's like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, and, uh, and in Pennsylvania, I think they're even smaller and they're probably not as elusive as the ones here in Florida and not as waterborne. Um, but, uh, but I remember I, like whatever I got, it wasn't a fish, but I was like, I did it. 
I got something. Right, right. You got something. Which is how the Barracuda happened. Yeah, the Barracuda happened because that was at a Kingfish tournament. And um, I I get a bite. And so I'm like, yeah, here we go. Same thing. And um, they were like, it takes like about, you know, six, seven minutes to reel it in. Um, 26 minutes later, I'm like having everyone else on the ship is like helping us. And we're we're trying, we're trying. And and that's the sucker that we got. So, uh, yeah, didn't catch the right type of fish, but uh, had a good story. What'd you do with it? Did you release it or did you keep it? Uh, I actually had to run to go do my radio show. So they oh. definitely, w- they waited in. So I know uh-huh. they had it. Um, I believe that then they keep it and they like either like, like they use it for food or like, I, I honestly oh, have okay, no idea. Okay. I okay. honestly have no idea if they like ate it afterwards or what, but like we turned it in and I was like, I gotta go see it. Like they waited in, um, right. which at that point, the best catch of the day, I believe was like 18 pounds and our Barracuda was 15.8. So I was like, well, oh, at least we could win second. Uh, we did not win second. Um, but I was like, at least, you know, I tried. Made for good pictures, too. So yes, there's always absolutely. that. All right, let's go on to story number three, reported by WFLA-TV Florida, Mia. Ah, Clearwater, there it Florida. is. There it is. So there's a man out of Clearwater, Florida. His name is Jeff Somerville. And he has an interesting phobia. He has a fear of clowns. And mm-hmm. so he decided to do something in an effort to try to overcome that fear. Okay. And so my question for you is, what do you think he did to try to overcome his fear of clowns? Okay, well, he's in Tampa, Clearwater. So my guess is he, like, jumped into a pit of clowns at Universal <laughs> or something in Orlando. That'll help him get over the, a pit of clowns. So they keep a pit of clowns at Universal? Is that what they do? I mean, so, or it's like a it's a bull, like a bullpen of clowns. I don't know. A bullpen of clowns. So what he did was he created a massive Halloween display that features nothing but clowns. And we got video of this courtesy of Jeff Somerville and WFLA. Check this out. Look at this thing. It features a 35 foot custom made clown tunnel. The initial setup process took two days. Every night it takes them 30 minutes to set it up and then 30 minutes to tear it down. Look at this thing. Only 30 minutes. To set it out. So the apparent setup was two days. So getting everything out there was two days. But then I guess okay. he means, I guess he means to like turn everything on. And, yeah. Like turn you know the lights I mean? off. This is yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, yeah. as a Halloween baby myself, like born in October, like uh-huh. most of my birthday parties as a child were Halloween themed. So I have a, a certain bar of good Halloween costumes and th- that one's up there. That's, that's, that's on the Mount Rushmore. It's incredible. But do you think that this is the right form of therapy to help him get over clowns? Do you think like this was the way to go? I'm really glad that that's the question you asked and not Mia. Do you have any phobias? Because I have a very specific phobia. Do you want me to go to my next question? Yo, I mean, listen, they kind of tie together, um, which my next, uh, my phobia is um, I actually have a fear of bananas. Um, What? Yeah. So it's not so much. Fascinating. Yeah. I can be around them. I (laughs) I just can't. I don't like the smell or the taste of them. So like I'm better now, but as a kid, I used to like tell people I was allergic. I wasn't allergic. I just didn't like bananas. And that's a whole long story of how we got to there. Cause as a little kid, I used to eat bananas. Um, uh-huh. But the point is, is that to your point of how do you deal with your phobias um, throughout the course of my life from middle school to high school, to college, uh, my friends loved to, when I would get up from the lunch table to throw my lunch or food away, um, they would put a banana in my lunchbox or backpack or whatever. And, um, then I would discover it and obviously be horror struck. And, um, but that, that's how they made me deal with it. So listen, I mean, he's leaning in and that's the best thing. I mean, you know, you're not, you're not like, you know, like they didn't try to force me to eat it, the banana, 
not the clowns, the banana. Um, so like that was good. It was tough love, but at least now I can like be around a banana. Like I'm cool. Like it can be there, and like I'm not weirded out by it. Like so let's let, let, let's explore this a little bit. So when yeah. you were a kid, you ate banana. Yes. But now you won't touch banana. No. So was there an incident? Yes. Like, and what was the incident? I was four years old. I was coming down the stairs to go to preschool that day. And um, I got a bloody nose. And the last thing my four-year-old mind remembered was smelling the banana my mom was eating um, before I got the bloody nose. And so I suddenly said to my mother, um, I'm fatigued. I feel sick. I can't go to school today. And she's like, oh, my God. And so my babysitter was like, no, no, she can't go to school. She doesn't feel good. She doesn't feel good. And um, and then my mom goes, all right, well, if she's really that fatigued, like, I hope it's not, you know, neurologically something's wrong. I'll schedule a doctor's appointment. So she did for later that afternoon and they sat me down at the doctor's appointment and they said, all right, Mia, when did these symptoms start? And I look at the doctor and I go, well, it all started when I smelled that banana this morning. And my mother handed the doctor 50 bucks in cash and we left. Wow. And so ever since then, was there a period of time when you couldn't even look at a banana? Like, you? Just oh, yeah. Couldn't... From probably the age of five till probably 13. Like, the I sight could... of it. You just couldn't even look at a banana. Couldn't be in the same room. Had to leave the room. Like, just couldn't be. Wow. Around it. We're and learning I would say, stuff today. Yeah, I would say smell. And I would say, like, sorry. And I would say texture. And even though I wasn't touching it. um, But yeah, yep. No, that was that was it. And uh, probably wasn't until like middle school where finally I was like, okay, I can like be in the same room, um, but I still won't touch it. Uh, but then in college, I was like, okay, it's time to at least, you know, coexist. But even then when I, when I touch a banana, I'm like holding it like, like this off. Like, like but you don't like the taste. You, you, you don't eat them. Have not eaten one since I was four years old. Isn't the things I learn about people on this podcast. This is fascinating. Have you seen the YouTube videos where they put a cucumber next to a cat? Yes. Cat, cats apparently they just have a thing. I have I have a cat and I haven't tried it, but apparently they have a thing against cucumber where it terrifies them. So interesting. Hey, listen, interesting. Everybody's got something. You're right. Everybody does have something. That, that's a new one. That's very interesting. All right. Final reminder, guys, get in your super chest, have your question or statement read on the air, or go to kynchat.com, leave a question or statement at any time, and we'll read it on the next show. That is a fascinating story. Let's go on to story number two, reported by complex.com. So there is a new sneaker retailer that repurposes branded footwear, meaning that they, they deconstruct it and then they use the parts to make new ones. They're targeting a very specific market, which makes these shoes very special. And so me and my question is, what is the market that they are targeting with this new sneaker line? Mm, new sneaker line. I'm going to assume moms, Karens, leisure, leisure, leisure sneakers. Moms, uh, they're making sneakers for horses, and we have pictures courtesy of Complex. Look at this. So the company is called Horse Kicks. They're crafted by a shoe artist named Marcus Lloyd. He's from Kentucky, and of course, the Kentucky Derby is a major horse race annually. Right. So that's the inspiration. They're designed over a medical horse boot, and they're covered with repurposed sneakers and a single horseshoe technically sneaker horseshoe, whatever starts at 1200 us dollars. Look at that. What do you think? Are you going to go line up to get yourself some horse sneakers there, Mia? I want to know how big these horses are because, um, we bring in like the police, like, uh, you've seen elf, right? 
the movie? Sure, Have you of seen course. with Will Ferrell? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when they say the Central Park Rangers and they're on those massive horses, uh-huh. um, we have those that come to town here in Jacksonville for the Florida Georgia game, which is this weekend. And so they were at the Jaguars game patrolling with the police officers aboard them um, in the parking lot on Sunday. And uh, they're the biggest horses I've ever seen in my life. I want to know if it's like, if they are the shack of horses, like <laughs> what size sneaker would they need to wear versus. Is the actual sneaker bigger? Is it smaller? Like, are we talking like little Sebastian here can like fit in that type of sneaker or like, yeah, that that's my next question. So complex has pictures on their website where they look like average size horses. So they don't look like miniature horses. They look like regular living in a pasture horses okay. that are wearing. Yeah. That are wearing these sneakers. And so I don't know. I understand the dudes from Kentucky and the Kentucky Derby. And you know that there's going to be some crazies out there that are going to buy these. I don't, I, I don't even know if the horse would like it. Like would well, the you, horse even want to be a part of that? Here's the big question. Um, John Calipari, the head coach of Kentucky basketball. Um, I believe they're a Nike school or an Adidas school. I forget, forget which one, but isn't that going to stir some controversy in big blue nation in Kentucky? They're very specific about what type of sneaker they wear because of Kentucky basketball. So that's, that's the real follow-up question. I think I'm going to have to isolate what you just said and I'm going to tag him on Twitter. Yeah. And then we're going to get thoughts on what do you think about the horseshoes, everything that you just said in Kentucky and, and, and yeah. Are you a Nike school? Are you an Adidas school? Like, please tell me what you really are, Kentucky. Right, right. We're gonna have to find that out. So I'm going to guess that my, my next question, your answer is going to be no, based on what you told me about animals, but I'm going to ask anyway, have you ever purchased or considered purchasing shoes for an animal? I can say no. The, the The answer is no, not no. No. Now you said that you you thought about getting a dog. Mm-hmm. So are you one of those people where you're going to get the dog and then you're going to get the little shoes that go on the dog and the little coat that goes on the no. dog and you know people no. that do stuff like that? Yeah, like John Alba, my co-host on. Does John Alba do that? Yeah. Oh, John Alba loves loves his little miniature dogs, big mini dog guy. Um, I'm much more of a golden retriever, um, mi- mi- miniature size, like medium size dog, where like I can run around and play fetch with the dog and then cuddle with the dog on the couch. Like I'm much more of that. John is all about the mini dog life. Interesting. Interesting. So you want the kind of dog, dog, tiny dog. Yeah. You want the kind of dog where if somebody, if there, if an intruder shows up, your dog is not going to run out of the room. That's the kind of dog you want. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. I'm still wrapping my head around the banana thing. It's very fascinating. Yeah. You know, it it definitely (laughs) shocks a lot of people. It's, it's really a hit on the dating apps too. I will say that. But it's a great icebreaker. I try. Right? I tried. That and I wrote my common app essay for college about French dressing and my obsession with that as a small child. Those are probably the two best conversation starters I got in the starter pack. I am learning so much about you today. All right. Holiday gift ideas. Holiday gift ideas. There you go. It is time already for story number one. Time goes by Ooh. quick when I'm doing this. This last one is reported by KCCI NBC 8. So check this one out. The police department out of Des Moines, Iowa, they reported the signing, the sighting of a mountain lion in a local neighborhood. And they got video surveillance of it. And the Iowa Department of Natural Resources, or DNR, they inspected the video and they confirmed that it showed a mountain lion. And so they wanted to warn the public and, and make sure that everybody's aware that there's a problem here. Mia O'Brien, what happened next? Well, first and foremost, Jimmy, we need to have the disclaimer of all disclaimers, which is I spent three years living in the great state of Iowa. I have many good good friends that work over at KCCI Channel 8 in Des Moines. There you go. There you go. Um, So, yeah. um, So this is the question is, how did they alert the public? 
No, what happened next? After oh, after, what happened next? Yeah, um, after they actually, warned the public about it, what happened next? After they warned the public, um, I am assuming that um, they started selling shirts with a mountain lion on them at ray gun stores in Des Moines. Is that what they do? I listen. Anytime that something viral happens in the state of Iowa, ray gun shirts, the greatest store in the universe, they uh-huh. come out with the t-shirts. So uh, that is my official my my final answer. My guess is that ray gun came out with a line of shirts. Uh, it wasn't a mountain lion. It was a house cat. And we got video courtesy of Des Moines police on Facebook. Check this out. Look at this. Look at how. Come on. Listen, I mean, not- they had they had experts looking at this. Come there's, on. There's not a lot of wildlife in Iowa. I, I don't get it. I put it up again, Joel. Put it up again. How did they? So upon further inspection, the DNR, the Department of Natural Resources in Iowa, they revised their statement saying that, yes, it is, in fact, a house cat, a spokesman for the Iowa DNR. His name is Vince Evelsizer. He says the video was grainy and small, so it was hard to tell. And he apologized on behalf of the DNR for any confusion that they, that they may have caused. Come on. How do you possibly see a mountain lion in that video? What do you think of that? Well, now that uh, as I'm sitting here in my podcast studio and uh, given the Jacksonville Jaguars over there, I, I see lots of mountain lion, leopard, jaguar type characters on all of our things on the wall here. Um, I, I, maybe moving to Florida is what got me to re-understand since I knew what a lion was when I was a kid, um, what the big cats are out there. I mean, I hate to say it. You got the Des Moines Zoo and uh, I, I don't think uh, I don't think they're experiencing a lot of wildlife out there. Having lived there for three years, um, whereas like here in Florida, for example, like we have geckos and like frogs and weird like birds with red beaks walking around. And you're just like, oh, it's part of like the natural like, you know, surroundings. Um, I, I've, I've had to rack my brain in terms of what wildlife right now that I was exposed to when I lived in Iowa. I still don't like, so if that was a dog or they'd be like, oh my goodness, a wolf's been spotted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, plus it's Des Moines. So it's central Iowa. If you go further North, like Decorah, right on the Minnesota border, like up there, like they got some bears, they got Uh some woodland creatures, they got some mountain lions, like they would know, but in Des Moines. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, an expert said that that was a mountain lion you know what i mean i'm not an expert and i could look at that they didn't and tell know you where, the, where the camera level was at like they didn't know if it was like a bird's eye view or if it was low on the ground so it, you never that know where the walk ring like went. a mountain lion you know what i mean it walked like a house but cat. look at that tail that tail that's <laughs> that's why they were like panicked because that tail was maybe, wagging maybe. like it was a dog's right right so have you ever had a close encounter with a wild animal Yes. Um, so back to my childhood house in the mountains, um, we historically the way the community that we have the house in is set up is like deers roam free. They're like part of the community. Like you see the deers, you don't feed them, but like you say hi to them. Um, but there were bears and they were tagged. So like they were identified, like, you know, you knew where they were. Um, but uh, the closest encounter that I had with said bear was um i actually wasn't home for it so it's actually my cousin but it's close enough um we were at the lake and uh my little sister and my cousin who were about five or no i was i was seven so they were like four at the time uh they're playing in the living room my grandma's home with them and my youngest cousin who at the time was one month old for whatever the reason they decided to leave her in her bassinet in the stroller on the patio 
And my grandma's upstairs taking a shower and the neighbors call and they say, hey, do you have the baby sitting on the patio? And she goes, yeah, why? And she goes and the neighbor goes, well, you know that a bear just crossed the street into your front yard. And my uh-huh. grandma came running, running down in just a towel. And uh, my sister says that was what scarred her more than the bear that was quickly approaching my little cousin. Um, and they grabbed Olivia and they brought her inside. Um, but that's why we always joke um, that, you know, the baby she's not a baby she's Uh 23 or 22 now but uh yeah Uh that was the closest encounter and then when we got home because this was pre-cell phones um yeah that was quite the quite the tale to tell and so a lot of close calls for that kid they also thought they left her at an amusement park once they just left the stroller they had her um so yeah this kid has had a very troubled life but listen she's got a job she's thriving doing her thing good so listen don't call it a comeback good good so there's there's no nightmares about bears no, Nothing's not that I know like that, right? She definitely, yeah, when I visited her, I visited her, uh, her senior year, she went to Arizona state and, uh, she, she definitely had the classic like senior scaries, but I don't think they were bear induced. Very interesting. All right. Well, I want to thank our guest, Mia O'Brien, Mia, tell the people what you're doing and where they can find you. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so I host XL primetime that is 12 to three on 92.5 FM and 10, 10 AM in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm also one of the Jaguars reporters for our station. So I cover the Jacksonville Jaguars on a daily basis. Um, you can find me at Mia O'Brien TV on the Twitter machine. And I will be also posting in addition to Jaguars and Florida Gators coverage, plenty of, uh, inside jokes from my time in Iowa, since I am still a fan of the Iowa Hawkeyes, as well as my alma mater, Ithaca college, as well as various hot music and food takes. Amazing. Well, that's going to do it for KYM Live. Tune in next Thursday at 3 o'clock Eastern time for more silliness that's totally real. And until then, bye for now. Thanks, Mia. This was fun. Thank you.